I want to show you this series, 7 times 7 We started it two weeks ago. Last week we had a, a special speaker, but, um, well, it could be argued we have a special speaker every Sunday, but we won't go there. Um, but we had a special guest speaker last week. And, uh, but the 7 times 7 it's a little three-week series we're doing, where we're saying, challenging you for seven minutes a day, seven days a week, in other words, all week, spend time reflecting on Scripture. Here's what's interesting to me. When you do a little, you know, those of you who know me know that I love history and that I, I, I often listen to a history book while I'm working out on my iPhone just because I love it that much. And, um, but one of the things that I find fascinating is certainly our forefathers, our founding fathers, they did not all agree uh, on theology. And they, you had some who were a part of this church or that church or this church. Um, and uh, so forth. But here's one thing that you, if you read history, that you can, you can find pretty clearly uh, stated among our founding fathers. They all had a high regard for the Bible. Let me just read to you some quotes from uh, some of our presidents. President Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, he was uh, an Ivy guy too, Ivy League guy. Listen to what he says. A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education pretty strong stuff. Um, Ulysses S. Grant, great general during the uh, uh, Civil War and, of course, became president after that. Very flawed individual, if you know much about General or President Grant, very flawed person, but at the same time had a high regard for Scripture. Listen to what he says. Hold fast to the Bible. To the influence of this book, we are indebted for all the progress made in true civilization, and to this we must look as our, as our guide in the future. That amazing? Can you imagine a president saying that today in a press conference? My gosh, he'd be uh, you know run out of town as an idiot. You know, my God, he believes the Bible. He's a Christian. He'd be anything but a Christian, for goodness sakes. Um, George Washington, first president, said this: "It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible." President Washington. And I'll just go ahead and say it: the greatest president of them all the greatest president of my lifetime, I should say. Okay, the greatest president of my lifetime, I'll put it that way. Um, Ronald Reagan said this, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Isn't that a great statement? Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. I mean, there's a reverence here for the Bible, a high regard for what the Bible teaches. And um, not always understood uh, today or maybe even in recent history. Uh, Noah Webster was not a, a president, but he was a great man, went to Yale and uh, wanted to go to law school, wasn't able to because his parents couldn't afford it. So he ended up really being a, a teacher, started, started a lot of what we now know as, as, as public education, not necessarily credited with that, but he started a lot of that uh, in his area. And, uh, and, and noticed, he, by the way, I don't know if you know, he, he wrote Webster's Dictionary, of course, and he did that because he noticed Keep this in mind. We're talking in the in the uh, 1700s, late 70, early 1800s. He noticed that the way the uh, English, excuse me, that the uh, co- colonials, people in this country, would use the word different words in English were much different than what was used in England. So he decided they needed a dictionary, and of course we know that's still true today. I mean, he of course wrote Webster's Dictionary. But listen to what he says. Here's a guy who this is this. I want to tell you that he said this at a time when slavery, unfortunately, was legal in this country. Listen to what he says. All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, 
slavery and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. An amazing statement. He said, just read the Bible, people. You know, we'll do away with some of these injustices that were very dominant in our culture at that time. So, what I want you to see is the Bible is important for all people, but especially for those who are people of faith in Christ. And I want to just take a, a couple of minutes and um, show you this, and I'm going to show you the challenge, okay, in just a few minutes that we have. Uh, I read this passage to you two weeks ago. I'm, I want to do it again. It's from 2 Timothy chapter 3. It tells us the purpose of Scripture. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. That's the Bible. So, understanding this overriding theme of this series, the importance of reflecting upon upon the Bible, upon the Scriptures. Um, and my, my, real, my theme for all three of these messages is, is that reflecting on the Bible will change your life. Reflecting upon Scriptures will change your life. And I'm going to show you that. I want to take, I want to, I want to take you to Psalm 119 first, just for a few verses that David wrote, Psalm 119. And um, yeah, I'm going to show you how this, this whole thing of reflecting upon Scripture changes your life. Um, it, brings, it, brings, it brings protection, for one thing. Let me show you what I mean by that. Look in uh, one, Psalm 119, verse 9. We'll show it to you here. How can a young person stay pure? Here's a good question. By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Watch this. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. He says, I've, I've taken the Bible, God's word, and I've hidden that in my heart. The precepts, maybe it's memorization, maybe it's just remembering the, the precepts or reading it on a fairly regular basis to, to be reminded of might be one way. And let me, let me show you what I mean by this. It protects us. How does it protect us? If you never lied, if you never misled, if you'd never been too greedy or too arrogant, or arrogant at all for that matter, or too selfish, if that had not happened, just think of some of the self-induced garbage that you've had to deal with that wouldn't be there. Just think about that. You know, a lot of your problems come because, you know, you lie and then, oh, man. And we've all lied, let's face it. We try not to, but we all, we all do. And when we do, we're mislead. And then we have to go back. And that's why, it's so, that's why we need to be careful to state it truthfully in the first place. Instead of having to backpedal and redo and undo and all the other kind of stuff that can happen. Or you've been too, you know, you get arrogant, and you get selfish, and then you act in a certain way, and then that brings on other pains. Remember, remember what Webster said? All the miseries, all the evils men suffer proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts of Scripture, of the Bible. Uh, you know, if you never cheated, if you never gossiped, if you never put people down, just think of the unneeded conflict that you could avoid in your life. Just think about that, because so many times you have to deal with a conflict because you, were, you cheated or you gossiped or you, you just put somebody down. No need to do that whatsoever. If you never drank too much or ate too much or sought instant gratification in some way, um, just think of the regrets that you wouldn't have and maybe some of the memories that you would still have 
because you did drink too much or ate too much. Sometimes it has the same type of effect. How about, how about if you never lost your temper? Just think of some of the things that could have been avoided. Let me put it to you a different way. How about if somebody close to you, like a parent or a mate or a good friend, what if they had never lost their temper like they did that one time and it caused all kinds of issues and problems? You see, that's why what I'm saying, when you, when you really stop and reflect on the Bible, it's going to protect you. It'll change your life, and it will protect you from a lot of... We have some folks visiting with us here from another place, so just excuse us for just a moment. It will just protect you from a lot of crap that you've got to deal with, okay? Sorry, you can listen again. Okay. Um, it, 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 it would. I mean, just think about that. So many... I said this last time, and it's just so important. You need to hear it. So many of the issues that we have to deal with of dysfunction and, and heartache and issues of problems are because we have stepped outside the guidelines of Scripture. You know, and God, it's not like God gives us a, a, here's the arbitrary standard. You do this and you don't do this just because He wanted to be arbitrary. He's saying, don't, you know, I'm giving you, I'm giving you these guidelines because this is what's best for you. And, and some, someday we're going to understand that better. And that's why, you know, when we listen and stop and we reflect on what the Scripture has to teach, our life will be better and it will change our lives and it will protect us. The other thing that it will do in verses 13 and 14, it, 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 the Scripture brings wealth. Reflecting upon the Scripture brings wealth. You say, what do you mean by that? Money? Look what he says, verse 13. I have recited aloud all the regulations you've given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. Here's the issue. Here's what, here's what he's saying, basically. No, not that you're going to get wealthy and, and healthy and all that other kind of stuff. Hopefully you, you have that anyway. But reflection upon Scripture reminds us, reminds us of the things that truly matter. What really is worthwhile. That's what, that's what it, it helps us to refocus all the stuff that's getting so, you know, all distorted in my mind, trying to get this and trying to get to this level and make this much money and buy this and do this and move here and, and all. We get all, I mean, it's so easy, especially in the culture we live in, God knows. Uh, it's so easy to get all discombobulated with that stuff. There's a good new word for you. Uh, it's, so, it's so easy to get that, get that going on. And, and, and when, you, when you go to the Bible, it just sort of, wait, here's what's important. A relationship with your God and your Creator through Christ. Family, relationships, people. These things are important. That's wealth. That's true wealth. If you get some of the other stuff, that's great, but you don't have to have that. We know that. Some very happy people don't have a lot of money. Probably news to some of you, but it's true. Um, that's just an amazing thing. Wealth is having an understanding of what's important and pursuing that. And that's the, the Bible keeps us focused on that. So reflection upon the Scriptures will change your life. It will protect you. It will give you true wealth. And you also reflection upon Scripture brings thanksgiving. Let me show you in verse 15. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. It just, it just, I reflect and I will delight in your decrees. What does it do? It just gives us a thanks, a thankfulness of who God is, of the fact that God's love is, is unconditional. Nothing I can do that will ever separate me from God's love. I can do some bad stuff and have some nasty consequences, but he'll still love me, no matter what. 
uh, and, and, and of, his, of his grace. Makes me thankful for God's grace and, have, and, and for his forgiveness of which I need more than my portion. And we all do, really. So reflection upon Scripture is going to make you thankful for those things that really, really matter. Now, just stop on that and think about that for a moment. Reflecting upon Scripture is going to stop and it's going to, it's going to really change your life in that regard. Now, let me get to the challenge. I want to spend a few minutes doing that and talking about that, all right? Um, my challenge for you this week, seven times seven, seven minutes a day, seven days a week, all right? We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to encourage you to read, and I'm going to show it to you in just a moment, Proverbs 15. Now, let me just stop just for a moment. If you were here about a year and two or three months ago, a little over a year ago, I did a series through the uh, Proverbs. And at that time, I challenged you. I said, hey, read the Proverbs. You know, correlate the Proverbs. to Like, there's 31 Proverbs. Every day, read another Proverb. I'm just going to ask you to read just one chapter of Proverbs for seven minutes, for seven days, all right? And, and I'll tell you what proverb I'm going to have you read, all right? It's, it's Proverbs 15. Now you ask, I heard that question. What, how did you arrive at Proverbs 15? Anybody know the date today? Proverbs, uh, today is November 15th. I said, okay, there's a good one right there. You say, huh? You're, ran- you're that random? I'm more random than that, trust me. But, <laughs> but, but, I just I want to prove something to you that I, it could have been the it could have been the sixteenth it could have been the fourteenth it's always going to be some great stuff there and here's what, I want to show you this when you do this when you, I'm going to kind of coach you a little bit to show you here's how you reflect upon scripture you, you go to Proverbs fifteen for instance is what I'm going to ask you to do and then you, you just read the first verse a gentle answer reflect, deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare just stop there for a minute. Think about your life. Think about your day. Think about your week. Maybe just the past week. Hmm. I was in that situation. Gentle answer deflects anger. You know, in that situation there with my whomever, uh, they said this, and I said, well, you're one too. Well, that probably wasn't the best thing, was it? (laughs) Maybe I should have just stopped and reflected and thought, you know what? A gentle answer deflects anger. And you're in the midst of an argument with your, your, the, the, your, your wife or your husband or your, 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 your kid or your grown kid or your, your boss or somebody that works for you or your best friend, whoever it is. You're in the midst of an argument. And, and then, you know, one thing leads to another one thing. Leads, hey, why don't I just stop? Hey, wait a minute. Let's just slow down here a minute. It's a great, it's a great proverb. Harsh words stir up. They just makes tempers flare. I'll change your life, folks. I'll change how you live. See, right there, you could spend two or three minutes just thinking about that one. Look at the next one. Uh, The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. But the mouth of the fool, I love how this word, the mouth of the fool belches out foolishness. Great proverb. Just stop and think. What am I saying here? Is this going to be, uh, is this going to be appealing? Is, is, even if it's a hard message, can I make this as, as appealing as I can? Or am I just going to start belching out foolishness? Verse 3, another one. Just, you just reflect, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. You just stop and reflect on that for a little while. The Lord is watching everywhere. Let me see. That means, that means whatever I'm reading, he's reading. Whatever I'm listening to, he's listening to because he's watching everywhere. Whatever I'm watching, he's watching. Hmm. Maybe that will change what I watch. Maybe that will change what I listen to. Maybe that will change a conversation that I'm in that I'm thinking, 
I don't need to be in this conversation. I don't need to hear some of this. When you, when you stop and reflect, and listen, I've read this, I've read Proverbs, I'm not bragging, but I've read Proverbs 15 a lot over the years. A lot. And I never, ever go here or in any place else in Scripture, and, and I never think, oh, that's old hat. I always go back on it. Oh, well, I need to read that. I need to see that again. Because all of us, we kind of go over here, and we go over here, and then we, we go back, and we, we, we reflect some on Scripture. Okay, let me, get, let me get back here where I need to be. We all need, I don't care who you are, I don't care how long, where you are in your journey of faith, how long you've been on the, on the path, or whether you are yet or not. We all need to be pulled back, and that's what the Scripture is able to do for us. And God has a special way, I believe, of working through the Bible to, to really speak to us in some ways that, that He does not any other way. Look at, look at another one here, uh, verse 4. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. You know? I mean, that's, you, you think about that. It's so, it's so true. Um, 13, let's skip down. Verse 13, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. You know, it, it helps us understand maybe what we're experiencing at that particular time. If you look in verse 15, it's even more clearly, for the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Isn't that good? Life is a continual feast. And you stop and you reflect and you pray, God, give me a true happy heart. Not something shallow, that, hey, I'm great, everything's great. I don't mean that. But, but God, help me to look at the things that are important, where I find true wealth. Help me to focus on that and, uh, so that my heart can be lifted up. And because that's going to make a difference in how I live. You know, amazing. Happy heart, life is a continual feast. You know, next one, verse 16, better to have little with the fear or the reverence for the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. Boy, you can relate to that, can't we? I can all, we all can relate to that. Yeah, verse 17, I don't quite get it. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. It's an interesting proverb, isn't it? I'll take the steak. Um, just a thought there, you know, you, know, you just... You know, you have one of those nice big steaks and medium and baked potato and, you know, a little butter, a little bacon bits, a little... Am I going too far here? I'm sorry. I'm just going a little... I got, I got carried away. Um, all he's saying here is this. You ever have a really nice meal, but the situation really wasn't very, wasn't very positive at all? And there's a lot of conflict going on. And, you know, and, and, and as, a, as, a, as a food person, I know I don't look like it, but as a food person... Um, you, you, you know, there's just not much better than just a nice, great meal. You know, a nice, big, beautiful, juicy steak, right? Um, but then it, there have been a few times, and this is what he's saying in Proverbs, where you have that meal, whatever yours is, you can put in fill in the blanks, doesn't have to be steak. The point is that you have this great, wonderful meal, and, and you, it was just so much conflict and so much turmoil. You walk away, and you may not have indigestion, but you just, oh, that was just awful. That's the point that he's making here. And, and how much difference love makes, you know, you know, and, and the whole idea there has to do with someone that you, someone that you, you connect with and so forth. Um, that's the point that he's making here. You see, you need to stop and think on that for a little while. How important it is to be and, and to be encouraged by those who are going to be encouragements to me. How important that is. He goes on, and, and there, there are other things. I mean, you know, verse 26, the Lord detests evil plans, but he delights in pure words. Um, 
Verse 27 is a good one. Greed brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate bribes will live. It talks about the importance of integrity and honesty. You see, you can just spend time stopping and just thinking, and, 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 and maybe, maybe it's a prayer for yourself. God, help me to have the right attitude here and the right heart here. Maybe it's a prayer for others. Maybe it's just a thought that I just think on. To be aware of my words, possibly, or, or to be aware of what's going on inside, or to be aware of who I'm around, or to be aware of God being with me wherever I go. It's just pulling you back, that, getting, that, getting kind of centered where you need to be instead of pulling this way and pulling this way. And God knows in the society in which we live, the culture in which we live, we need this. We need it more than seven minutes a day, but we're going to start there, right, for some of you. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. It'll change your life. And it will change how you view yourself and how you view others. And most importantly, God working in us will change how we live and what's important to us. And may God do that as he blesses us through uh, not just the reading of the Scripture, but the Spirit of God living in us, the Spirit of God working in our hearts and in those around us. I want to pray for us all in this matter. And then I'll tell you, we're going to do something else very quickly. Uh, Lord God, we are... um, humbled and and grateful and in awe of the fact that seven minutes or or, or just a few minutes, that'd be seven, whatever, that you can do some pretty amazing things in our lives and that the Bible is is very different than any any other literature. It's great literature, but it's more than that. We thank you for that, God, and I pray that the Spirit of God would work in each of our lives and, and, and remind us of this tremendous need that we have and the great blessing that can come from it as well. We pray that. We thank you for what you have and what you are going to do. And we pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.